Transition podcast. Last episode, we talked a bit about transitions, pedagogy, environments, and theory. So we managed to pack a fair whack in. Um, and this podcast expands on those, but it also brings in the concepts of mind-mindedness and the importance of fitting your own oxygen mask before you reach for those around you um, or self-care but also thinking about the information that we need about children and how we support transitions. That's going to be really important as we um, welcome kids back in because undoubtedly the child that we knew whenever um, the lockdown started won't have had the same experiences and things will be totally different for them. So their needs will be really different coming um, back into the setting whenever that may be. Also, um, there's an acknowledgement that actually for a lot of our partners you are still providing fabulous care and learning experiences for children of key workers um, and so hopefully this discussion will support how you think about your transitions um, but also a big thank you because what you're doing is very important and we are very grateful. So I will crack on with this podcast um, unfortunately halfway through Marion is talking really fabulously around about um, a particular topic and suddenly the connection drops. I'd been lucky so far and that I'd been able to stitch things together but there was just, I couldn't sew it, there was no way of fixing that hole. So there's just a hole and then we start talking again. Um, that was about the 16th or 17th time it had happened. So um, crikey, it was annoying. Uh, anywho, enjoy and do tweet us on at edin underscore ey to let us know your thoughts or what you'd like us to follow up on. Okay, thanks very much. So, um, the I, and we talked a bit about inclusivity earlier, but actually across the document, it's the first time really that it feels like all funded deliverers have a kind of equity and a parity which is really lovely a recognition yeah. that the ELC landscape's shifting a bit maybe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I mean all too often uh, you know because of my kind of experience working in primary um the the rhetoric can be uh, ELC doesn't have this that isn't afforded the same quality of you know consideration mm-hmm but to, to actually see that there's that recognition of the real importance that um, practitioners in ELC do when we think about handing over our most precious gifts, <laughs> we, we're giving them to you know practitioners who are going to look after them, care for them, work with them, play with them. So these things really were important to us that we, as Lynn said earlier, to speak to the practitioner, but to speak on behalf of the child so that they could be me. Lovely. Yeah. So one of the terms that I'd not come across before was the one was mind minded. And obviously, when you unpick it a bit, then you start to think, actually, yeah, I get what that is. But can you kind of give a bit of background around the term and why it's being mm-hmm. used? When do you want to pick up on that from James's work? Yeah, um, so James McTaggart, who is the educational psychologist um, in Highland region, um, he he helped contribute to, to this document and um, and that, that importance of mind-mindedness um, was really, really important to kind of get across. It's, and it's, it's this that um, aspect of a young child ha- almost borrows your, your mind and your emotions to actually help them understand the world around about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will actually look at your reaction or how you cope in a situation to actually help them develop 
their own emotions or their own actions. And that's that, that aspect of mind-mindedness. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose it links to some of the theory around Vygotsky and sort of scaffolding. Yeah. And also some of the Brunner stuff around, you know, the socio-constructivist approach. Uh-huh. That, it's, it, that, that, you know, you're looking at that holistic thing. You know, you know the kind of experiences around the child and how we help them to self-regulate, how mm-hmm. they, they use our information and lean on us at times to then to be able to move forward. So we, we really liked, you know, James's um, terminology and we're keen to hold on to that. Right, okay. Yeah, it explains how, how that is. I think at one point we say that young children often need to borrow our ability to, to yeah. manage stress. Yes, and that's that's that gets behind that. That's funny because you're you're picking up on all of my notes that I've got in front of me here, Marion. Um, and I was going to ask you about that, and partly because I think it was really nice that it fits explicitly into the health and social care standard, where it talks around the relationships that children are entitled to between staff members in the setting. So that if, there, yeah. if there's stress and kind of negativity there, you know that's not appropriate for our youngest kids or anybody really. But also the other aspect of this document that I think is really unique is that focus on self-care being so important before you can offer the care that our youngest kids will need. Yeah, definitely. Yes, again, when the watch pick up on on, on that particular focus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, as as we all know, when we work with young children, it's um, it's so rewarding, but it's, it's challenging. They can take so much out of you too, um, and to be the best you can be for wee ones, um, you almost have to put your own life jacket on first in many ways, um, and make sure that you look after yourself um, within it all, um, so that you can give yourself give the best of yourself to to wee to wee ones. So um, it was important to have that aspect in, and it um, it was Jean Carwood Edwards actually from earlier Scotland, and um, who reminded us of that as we were consulting on this document. She said, but where's where's the being me as a practitioner? Where, where, where am I in all of this? And it is so important to consider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, lovely. So we've talked about play and how play is this kind of central building block of the curriculum around, but then there's the um, acknowledgement of the complexity of the role of the practitioner in being highly skilled and then being able to co-construct the learning around that. I don't know if you want to uh, expand on that. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the things that's really important um, is just that formatted word play, um, because we, we we could you know visit many places uh, as part of the job that we do, and not everybody has a an understanding, a deep understanding of what high quality play is all about. So in the document we. Rubbish. I'm recording now, so if you want to talk about the complexity and the the difficult the round the challenges around play. Play is a very complex word. It's often misunderstood, and in early stages of primary school, sometimes play is considered as something you do as well as or after you've completed some work. And we're really trying to blow that myth that play is really one of the very important vehicles through which children are learning. 
And so we, we try to have the, the document um, explain that play is the vehicle through which children learn best, particularly our most youngest um, children. But we would also be stressing the importance of play on into primary one and beyond. I suppose some of the challenges around that are that it's not always part of initial teacher education necessarily around about how to set up high quality environments for learning through play. Uh, yes, and I think we, because we've talked about environments quite a bit in the document, we're, we're helping and sending some signposts to, to people to think about what can our environments look like. Should they be um, slightly different to what you might experience in a nursery classroom or an, an early learning childcare playroom? And the answer is, yeah, it won't look exactly the same, but neither should it look so starkly different in those early months of a child entering primary one. The challenge is there, of course, of understanding what the resources are going to do for you and which ones are most suitable. But as with anything, you have to start with the child you have in front of you, the children, and think what best meets their needs. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that's come through the, the document as a whole, is the fact that even though there are um, kind of recognition that it's sequential sometimes how children progress through um, development, actually, that that will vary wildly depending upon the child in front of you. And so it is just absolutely keeping that child at the centre and, and building out from there. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. That's where that information that passes backwards and forwards between practitioners and um, early stages teachers is really important. And that's not about passing on, um, you know, great tools of information. The dialogue that goes on, I think, is is equally um, important to share information and finding ways, innovative ways in which to, to pass on information about where a child is at. But I also think there are implications around what um, features in a curriculum in the early stages of primary. Then I think schools will have to relook and rethink as, as a result of the 1140 expanded hours for children exactly what it is that happens in primary one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's exciting, but um, unc un uncertain for some folk who, who for whom it's not something that comes naturally. Yes, and the, so that the reassurance that the guidance is saying that that it is something that is, you know, valuable. It's it's absolutely what meets children's needs best. Should give that nod, if you like, the permission to be able to think about your environment in a different way. Absolutely. But also to think about the pedagogical approaches that you use. So, you know, reading the the guidance, but also using the um, the links to other um, materials. Uh, even the hub within the Education Scotland's hub of the Play Toolkit that Lynn's been instrumental in developing are all supporting materials. Yeah, absolutely. And the one of the things, the STEM, the um, CLPL that's online at the moment, that modular approach is fantastic. I was really impressed with the quality of the the learning that 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 gives you and also the, the way that it's self-directed as well so you could use it with a whole team or you could use it independently or you know you could do it all in a one hour or you could break it up it was it's fab so i would really encourage folk to go and have a look at that um one of the things that i'd like to ask you explicitly around is the the section on challenging gender bias 
just a really important message to get across in the guidance. Um, we know that the guidance can't be the, you know, have absolutely every message within it, but it's really important to articulate um, really key messages um, across um, the piece. Yep. So we've got a, a wonderful improving gender balance um, and equalities team in Education Scotland, so we worked with them really closely on the wording um, of the guidance, but not just in that section, we've tried to make sure um, even in the images that, that are across um, the, whole, the whole piece, that we are, are articulating messages about gender balance um, and equality uh -huh. um, right the way through. I think it's important, isn't it, that it's not about um, necessarily only upping the status of girls across there, but it's about all of the imbalances that all of our young children face in terms of the expectations Absolutely. around Absolutely. boys. Yeah, and... it's, yeah, it's made the, the whole piece like, a, a really informed piece, because um, as we re reinforce these messages, not just in one section of the guidance, but all the way through and Great. The other um, thing that I wanted to pull out, the distinction between the horizontal transitions and those vertical transitions and just making that explicit that, um, you know, even the little transitions from coming into the setting to, to hanging your coat up, those are just as vital um, getting those right are, are crucial for our younger kids. I think probably Rebecca, given the expansion, then our children are going to have even more of these uh, transitions happening in the course of their day and, and also understanding what you do mean by horizontal and vertical. So, the, you know, the imagery, um, courtesy of Lynn, um, shows, I think, that quite simply but effectively as to absolutely what it is that we mean but then giving some examples uh, because the you know even for the, the people of the children we're encountering with you know staff um, and parents and carers the transitions that they experience too is to help them understand that that, that these exist for children and that we really need to be ready to support in whichever way um, is, is necessary lovely seeing the, the importance of these transitions as well and sometimes um, even being mindful about things like um, even the learning and, and the experience of everyone's getting ready to go outdoors and, um, or um, just not, or even that significance of meal times and snack times um, and thinking about again that experience when they're in the LC and then what happens when they go into the early baby environment too um, so hopefully it's made people stop and think about that. Lovely. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Is there anything you think that I have not pulled out that is a, a vitally important part that we need to to talk about? No, I think so. Um, I think probably the, the, the very last chapter and point on to other curricular approaches has again been quite well received so that we can learn from beyond our own uh, pedagogy and our own curriculum is to just you know, make sure that people you know, look at those, as Lynn described earlier, about the learning from Tularaki and about the woven map, the holistic nature, but also there's been such a focus on learning 
you know, it, it's got a forest schools, kind of forest kindergartens, whatever terminology, but the real importance, and again, we said that right throughout the document, that learning it happens, play happens, it doesn't matter where, but it's not that outside is necessarily somebody that has to have a different approach. Lovely. Um, yeah. Uh, again, what I've noticed that when we refer to spaces in the document, they actually make the point of saying outdoors, then indoors, um, very, very intentionally. Um, and it's, again, it's to think, you know, why have we done that? Why is, why is that important for everyone's? Why is it important for the experience? That sounds yeah, great. I mean, there's a lot of uh, points for reflection, and I think lots of people could use it in very different ways to support practice depending on where their teams are. And I think that's lovely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Can I just say as well, Bex, we've just a wee So is that on the National Improvement Hub? Yes, it's on the National Improvement Hub if you just search on the, the hub for um, early level play pedagogy toolkit. Super. So hopefully everybody will do that and then um, offer you some feedback around what else should be there. Well, thank you very much, Lynn, and thank you, Marion, for um, bearing with me through the, the gremlins that have made our conversation quite so challenging. <laughs> Good to speak to you. It was lovely to speak to you both too. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, that was um, an interesting conversation. I'm sorry about the sound quality for some of that because the content there was really useful. Um, obviously, the context has slightly changed now um, and we're thinking about those transitions. But for all of our children coming back into settings, we're transitioning from hubs or um, nurseries that they don't normally attend. Um, and I suppose it's about the key message for me is that starting with the child that you have in front of you and making sure that we um, work out from there. Hopefully the discussion will be able to support you and your teams in terms of your thinking for planning for what happens next for our kids. Um, the toolkit that Lynn mentioned is on the National Improvement Hub and you can find that by searching for Early Level Play Pedagogy Toolkit and the um, educational psychologist who was part of the team is James McTaggart and you can find his work on Twitter um, and the Bumps to Bairns um, website. Uh, there's a lot of really lovely useful stuff there. Okay, thank you very much for listening um, do get in touch if there's a subject that you think would be really useful for us to cover um, particularly given the circumstances we find ourselves in and I hope that you and yours are well and you keep washing your hands cheeky bye
Thank you.